Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. I'm here with Steve Lover, and I appreciate you you spending some time again with us Appreciate you today. having me. Take us on, tell us about your journey into entrepreneurship. You've got a book coming out, which we're going to talk about, and that's really exciting. But, but get, go back as far as you think is relevant and kind of tell us a little bit about you know, what the book is, sure. is about. Sure. So well. I started my career as a rabbi. I did that for almost 10 years. And at some point, my family got larger and I had to go from nonprofit to profit. Started my first business and fell flat on my face. Ended up in the insurance business, did quite well, became a trainer. And actually, as a trainer, I got into coaching. And it was, I saw all kinds of opportunities that weren't possible in training that were in coaching and ended up starting a practice. That was 17 years ago. We had some guys that came in, especially in the financial business, that had some crazy numbers. One guy took his unit from $50 million to $100 million in one year. One guy had never received all of his bonuses by December, hit them all in September. And one guy who was number 43 out of 52 became number two out of 52 all in one year. And so they had some, it was very, very effective. It was real cool stuff happening. As time has gone on, that's, I've been working with all kinds of businesses. And lately, I've been working more with businesses that kind of have that front end figured out. But, you know, running a sales team or running a team of, of employees, being a leader is a completely different business than whatever business you think you're in. It was easy to sell a widget, learn how to sell a widget, learn how to ship a widget. When you're starting to bring people out and managing people, managing people is different. And most of my business now is focusing on how to get the groups, how to get those teams working together, how to create accountability systems and how to make things work well. Yeah, it is such a different business. And I think that speaks so much to the Perhaps the need for this show, but also why we saw that there was there was such a need because people they go zero to one and then going one to whatever that next phase is 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 a like you said it's a different it's a different business you you all of a sudden get into a different sort of business. What do you think are the you know like selfishly what are, how does it, how do you go from you know whatever it was two hundred two to number two or like you know one hundred and fifty to you know like what are the principles what are the habits what are the things that are actually happening so the really there's a couple of things number one is hiring right and a lot of times the business owner is so impatient to hire somebody I got to get somebody in here that he ends up taking people that are not the right people and. I've always believed that there's three main things when it comes to hiring. The first thing is they have to have a good aptitude for the work. Number two, they have to have a great attitude. And number three, they have to have a great work ethic. So experience is less important than, than those three. Experience can, especially very highly technical fields and experience might be important. But for the regular run-of-the-mill jobs, it's really about aptitude attitude and work ethic. And if any of those threes are missing, that's not a great hire. If all three of those are there, then you have a lot of work to work with. And now the fourth thing, then they have to be coachable. They have to be somebody that you can help them get to the next level. And if they're willing to be coachable and they have the other characteristics in place, you have a winning hire. When you say aptitude, I'd love to go into those each of those, if you will. What is what does that mean? Because that's I love I love that that kind of acronym there. But but what is practically what are people looking so, for? So uh, if you are looking to hire a salesperson, 
and the person you're hiring is, I had it recently happen. I was working, I was speaking, somebody approached me about buying something and it was actually a pretty good product. The salesperson was a financial analyst the whole life. They always worked with computers and in desks. They never worked with people before. And they didn't have a great aptitude for that. They had actually a pretty good attitude and pretty good work ethic, but this was not the right. They had been very successful with computers and numbers, but not necessarily with people. Other people are great people, but they need organization skills that certain jobs would prohibit them from being a great hire. So the question is, are the skills and are the way the person shows up and the things that they do and the things that they excel at fitting for the job? And to get somebody that's the right mix for the job is a big difference in having to to find somebody and try to train them. There's a great line from Dan Kennedy. He says, if your corporate mission is to climb a tree, would you rather hire squirrels or train horses? And that's about aptitude. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, it kind of goes back to that right person on the right seat you know, going in the right direction kind of thing, right? That there, Jim Collins. There is a, there, there's a certain fit. There's a certain fit. Talk to us about attitude. So attitude is really important. Attitude. You know, you have to have somebody that can come in and first off, they're going to have a can-do attitude. They're going to do the things that they have to do. And second off, it's an attitude that will help the culture. If you have somebody who is a very self-centered person, they don't know how to work with people, they don't know how to speak nicely, they don't have manners, you know, a lot of people might think the guy's a great salesman. Wow, he sells greater than anybody, but nobody can work with him and he drives people crazy. Well, guess what? There's a big cost in the organization for that particular employee. It might be cost of other people leaving. It might be cost of process working not so well. could be all kinds of costs. And he's leaving a wake behind him, and that's not a great hire. But somebody's got a great attitude in working with people. They're working on the job. They have a great attitude and positivity and bring extra oomph to the team. That's a very important aspect of attitude. And so when, when, when you hire somebody, if they get a lousy attitude coming in, they're going to have a way lousier attitude later on. There was one more. It started with the C. What was um, that one? The, 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 well, not the C. Before the C, there's one more, and that is work ethic. Right? Oh, work and ethic. so work okay. ethic is something you used to well, be able to they... take for granted. People were hard workers. Today, it's not like that. You know, there's this hysterical video I once saw on YouTube about a millennial coming in for a job interview. And the guy said, we expect our people to be here 8 o'clock in the morning. She said, 8 o'clock, I'm sorry, you said in the morning? I don't even get to Starbucks to get to my latte until 10 o'clock. I can never be here until 10.30. You know, there's there's just this work ethic that you're going to put in the time and the effort to make something happen. And you're going to use your, not just your hours, but actually your minutes to, to do the work that you're being hired to do. And that work ethic is really important. It's something very, very seldom today. You go back 20, 30 years ago, it was the rule. Today, it's somewhat the exception to the rule. And then the C that you were mentioning was, are they coachable? Because you bring somebody into organization, they might have the right aptitude, but they haven't done it yet. They might have a great attitude, they don't have, and they have the work ethic, but they have to learn the process, and you have to be able to come to them and say, wow, you're doing this awesome, and you're not doing that so well. How do we get you to you know, step up to the, ta- to the plate 
and really get somewhere. And that's what the coaching is all about. Because whether you like it or not, if you're a business owner or manager, you're a coach. You might not think of yourself that way. You might not want to be. But the bottom line, you are. So this makes sense because we need to get the right people on the right seats in the bus. But then I would imagine that there's a, a next step that once that a lot of it, maybe, you know, whatever percentage is, is getting the right people. But once they're all in the right in the room together, is there something to getting them moving in the right direction or moving at an optimal pace or, you know, now, now I feel like that creates its own set of good problems and challenges by having quality people. And, you know, and on that's what it is. Quality people will make that difference. But it's, a, it's also about mentoring them and teaching them and coaching them and bringing them to places. One of the problems that we really, really have today, and this is what my book really ultimately comes to deal with, is that people are not confident. They're not taught to be confident. And the big mistake is we think we have to become confident to be successful. Well, the truth is success precedes confidence. When you have success, your confidence grows. It's not you grow your confidence and then you become successful. It's a very big mistake. And so, therefore, we're really talking about what do we have to do to create success so that you can be more confident what you're doing. When you can be more confident, it's a really interesting thing. I've seen salespeople that knew everything there was to know about a certain topic, but they couldn't sell themselves out of a paper bag. And there's others that were terrifically confident, didn't know anything about the product, but they ran circles around the other guy when it comes to sales because they would go out and have the conversations. And so really developing confidence in employees, helping them develop their confidence it's humongous. And there's a process to that. Most people don't realize it. Most people think it's confidence is something you have, you don't have, you're born with, you're not born with. It's not true. We're all born with it. And the question is, how do you how do you bring it out? How do you increase it? How do you ignite it? So that when people start working and going to do things, they do things on a much better level. This sounds so... I don't want to say, well, like, well, simple. And perhaps it is simple, and that's what it should be, and that's perhaps why there's so much wisdom there. But but I would imagine that there are things that get in the way of that because they go, well, yeah, Steve, I, okay, I'll, I'll hire good people and, you know, I'll make them confident. But where do where are businesses going wrong or where are they – what blind spots or where are they turning right where they should be turning left with regards so to – So it's interesting. This is a really interesting question because this speaks to some general points that we have to get to. Most business owners, if you speak to them about developing confidence in their employees, they say, look, I hire people. If they're confident, they're confident. They're not, they're not. They don't understand that there's a process there. And when you understand the process, actually, the, the book is broken up into three parts. The first one is what is confidence and why it's important and how do we grow it? The second area of the book was what gets in the way and stops us from being confident. And then the third area of the book is, okay, what can you do as a business owner, manager, or leader to really help develop that confidence, ignite that confidence in your employee? And it really starts out with a model. And the model is just it's a basically think of a Venn diagram, three circles interacting. And when you have a challenge, which means you're getting out of your comfort zone, doing something you've never done before, you put forth effort and take action, that's circle number two, and you get the results, your confidence goes way up. And that is a formula that's always happening. There's a challenge, there's effort, action, and you get results. 
And if you have the effort and the challenge and you don't get the results, you're not going to have confidence. And if you have, it's not challenging, you can do it in your sleep, it's not going to breed confidence. What breeds confidence is those three things together. And I go in great depth in that in the book. And then we get to the third part of the book, what do you as a business owner or a leader do to help your employees get more confidence? It's really three things. It's inspiring the challenge, it's encouraging the action, and it's celebrating the results. And, you know, normally business owners like to dictate, okay, this is what we're going to do. And really, they shouldn't be speaking about expectations. They should be speaking about agreements. Let's agree on how we're going to do something. Because when you get agreements, you have the buy-in from the employee also. And when you do that, you create the challenge around that. You have them doing the effort and you're checking in with them and you're encouraging them. Because every time you do something new, it's very fearful. It's very hard. It's very scary. And you need somebody to encourage you because this is another mistake is that courage and fear are not opposites. It's a big mistake. You only need courage when fear is present. And when somebody's doing something new and they're fearful, they need courage. And sometimes you encourage. The word encourage means to give somebody else your courage. So you encourage them that they can make it through. And then in the end, ultimately, you get the results. And celebration is hugely important. I'm wondering if there is a, you know, there's a leader out there and they're wondering, I'm confident enough, or they're thinking I'm confident enough, but, but, but you're right. There is a a process for, for my team and, you know, in the midst of running a business operations and, you know, marketing and sales and all these kinds of things. Confidence is not really like a, I don't know, it's not a line item on in on the accounting, you know, on the balance sheet necessarily. Or, or well, it is. It's just so invisible. How and right. <clears throat> so where 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 does a you know a business owner place that, or how do they begin to now? Okay, see, you're right. I need to build this into my business, but but where does it go? How do I fit it in? That's a great question. So that gets back really to the basics. What we do with our clients is our clients have businesses and they put in something called KPIs, key performance indicators. They put in accountability systems. They put in rhythms to make sure things are there. And this is just part of it. But what this is, is this is a fundamental part. If you have a, a, a fundamentally confident employee going to do things, they're going to do something differently than client, client than, than employees that don't know what they're doing or unsure. And they're going to come and ask, should I do it this way or this way or this way or this way? And there are bosses that love that. They want yes men. They want people around them that are going to come and do and tell exactly where they stand. Whereas if you get confident people, they take the ball and they run with it and they make things happen. And so bringing up the level of confidence in your employees is such a strong way to build an organization. Now what happens when you do that with all your employees, the confidence level of the entire industry comes up and grows, and everybody's working on different cylinders, and everybody's agreements and understandings of how the business works, and giving the hand to the next guy that might need it works on a whole different level, and that's because you have a bunch of confident people. So if I had a choice of hiring a bunch of knowledgeable people, confident people, I'll take confident people all day long. Now, sometimes you're not going to find people. You know, confidence today is not 
like it could have been once and people haven't felt the success and not sure of themselves in the fair. So there's a way for you to affect that. And when you affect that, you change the world. You know, think of it for a minute. A, a non-confident salesperson works for you and how difficult that is to get that guy moving. But if you understand that you're not just working on product knowledge and sales tricks, instead you start working on who he is as a person and you help him get the success he needs by stepping out of his comfort zone and going and doing the work that needs to be done and getting the results, that guy's a different person. And, you know, that this spreads around to everybody. It affects everybody in your group. I saw recently a statement I really liked, and that is your mood in the morning will affect your second grader's teacher's spouse. Because your mood will affect your kid, which will affect the teacher, which will affect their spouse. And so when you start creating creating more confidence in your organization and your people start becoming more confident by design, so first off, a lot of things become more e- become easier because you know how to affect it, you know how to make it. Let's face it, the business owner is going through the same thing. Business owner starts hiring. He's not confident with that. He's got to go through the same cycle of a challenge and action and effort and ultimately getting results. And that's because he's building the confidence in himself and also in the rest of his group. And is this something that people can look forward to and say, you know, I've, I've built confidence. I checked the box and now, you know, now I've got it and I can add it into my tool belt, you know, kind of like a skill, if you will. Or is it something that someone's got to wake up and, and refresh and renew daily, so, weekly, monthly. I mean, that's it, really interesting that question work? because there you, you, you get confidence levels and, you know, you might be great at this level, but if you want to go to the next level, you, you're going to have to up your game. 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 And so the question is, how do we keep up in the game? And that becomes cyclical. So I'm going to get a new challenge. Or does it now automatically as as I get good at something, as I become proficient, so my my comfort zone expands, and when that expands, my learning zone expands outside of it. And so if I go now outside of the comfort zone again, I'm going to have some of the same feelings I did before, but each time it's going to expand wider and wider and wider. There's more things that I can do, more things I can speak about more things that can make happen because of the expansion of the confidence through having it become part of the comfort zone. And so really, even though I can become really proficient at one thing and confident in one thing, the idea of continuing to grow that and, and, and get more and more and more is really cool. It's a really cool idea. And it's something that becomes really powerful. Yeah. It's cool that it's you've created a framework that I think can what's nice is that I would venture to say that for most business owners improving your confidence, taking that confidence to the next level is going to have a positive ROI. Huge. It's period, you know, and that makes it, you know, I don't want to say universal, but but something that everybody could benefit from. And you've made a really nice framework for it that you've laid out in this book. 
tell us about the book. I know there's some cool opportunities for people to yeah. to kind of get involved and, and help out with the launch. So, we'll so what we're doing right that. now is a, is a pre-sale launch. It's like a crowdfunding. And we've made a big event for when the book launches. The book will not be ready until the first quarter of 2024. But we're doing a pre-sale launch, you know, like I said, like a crowdfunding. And we've created this big event that people can go to and get signed books and be invited to the event. So somebody goes to the site, they have quite a few opportunities there that they can decide what level they want to support at and get involved. The book itself has got three sections. And it's, it's really interesting because we fail to see the importance of like celebrations and how important that is. Your kid who struggles in math, he comes home from math with a math test on 99. So you can say to him, wow, Johnny, great job. Well, that's not a celebration. It's the best a compliment. But if you say, Johnny, you know, you've been working on math and it's been such a struggle for you. And you know what? I noticed lately you've been working much harder at it. And you finally did it. You got this 99 on a test. I'm kind of blown away on how you took it on as a project. You took something really uncomfortable. You worked really hard and you got it. I'm really proud of you. Let's go do something together to celebrate. That's a different story. And that's employees just as much as kids. People's confidence can get boosted or knocked from stupid things. When I say stupid, I don't mean that pejoratively. What I mean is, you know, somebody says something a little bit not nice, a little bit rough, that can send them down. And somebody says something upward, you can do that. So it's, a, it's, it's part of the leadership is starting to understand the impact of that. And if you can find ways to catch people doing things well, they're going to do more things well. Those are celebrations, but if you if a person goes and does all the work and then you don't even give him the time of day for it, that's that's horrible. It's it's it, 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 why should I bother? Did you say the the website where people yeah, can find so that? Yeah, so the website where they can find the the. We'll we'll link it up in the show notes if it's. But the uh, website the website to find to, to get the the pre sale is Steve, S-T-E-V-E dash lover, L-O-V-E-R dot presale, P-R-E-S-A-L-E dot manuscripts, M-A-N-U-S-C-R-I-P-T-S dot com. Thank you so much, Steve, for this. Congratulations on the on the book. And I know it's just the beginning of, of this message that you're kind of spreading. So I'm honored to, to be a part of the journey. And for those of you who made it with us and stuck around, we appreciate you and, and would love a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. And go out and, and get a hold of Steve's book. And, and let's add some some confidence into your guys' organization. We appreciate you being, being here. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.